0: Love or hate him, you can't live without him. Jim Chapman on 94.9 FM, CHRW. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the program two old friends, uh, not only of mine but of the show as well. Guys who uh, we've spent a lot of hours in the studio with. We've spent a lot of hours together discussing the issues of the day. Uh, Jeff Schlemmer, who is the, um, the head of Neighborhood Legal Services, a well-known uh, London lawyer and social activist. And Bob Metz, uh, who is the man locally behind uh, Freedom Party and, again, a well-known local uh, political activist and commentator. And welcome to both of you. Nice to have you here. Good oh, you, Jim. Nice to see you. Guys, I think uh, given that we are in the last gasps of a federal election, I think we obviously we have to talk a little bit about that. Although, you know, if we don't talk, spend the whole half hour about that, it won't bother me anything. But... Um, There is something I want to ask both of you about, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier, and that's this whole business about the notwithstanding clause that that Martin sort of came out of the notwithstanding closet about the other night and said, uh, oh, well, we should do away with that. Um, My concern, as I just expressed it, was that we don't have elected judges in this country. They're appointed by the the politicians of the day. And if there were no notwithstanding clause, even though notwithstanding that we're not likely to use it, but we have the ability... If there are enough, enough Canadians agree, I think it's seven provinces and 50% of the vote or 51% of the vote or something like that. Mm-hmm. If enough Canadians agreed, we could overturn a ruling by the Supreme Court. To me, that's not a bad little fail-safe to have tucked away in your back pocket, just in case. Uh, and that was always Martin's uh, position as well, uh, as of last night, uh, or the night before last. He said, no, uh, I think we should do away with that. And I want to ask each of you guys for a thumbnail of uh, how you feel about that. And, Bob, I start with you. Is it is the notwithstanding clause worth keeping?
1: Um Yes, it's never been used. To use Martin's own words, I wrote them down. uh, The court shouldn't be overturned by politicians. Well, I had to ask myself, that's a pretty broad statement. That means you don't need politicians (laughs) once the law is in place. It's almost like a desperate person saying, well, I know I'm going to lose the election, so I want this liberal government to stay in place so we will permanently uh, brand it on the country by taking out that notwithstanding clause and thereby not allowing politicians to change the law that's almost how how it came across you know and that's what politicians are there for is to to make legislation i think it was the winning blow for harper in that debate two nights ago mm-hmm. and uh, certainly harper came out on on the more moderate and level-headed uh, point of view on it on that balance between the courts and parliament which you have to have it's 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 some level of check and balance,
2: Jeffrey. What about you? What do you What do you make of all that? Oh well, I guess um, the first thing is that the notwithstanding clause is not. It's not the part where you get a bunch of provinces together to change things. The notwithstanding clause says that any government, provincial or federal, can choose if it wants
0: to say that a particular law is not going to be subject to the charter. But change. But you have to do that to move to a change of the charter, do you not? You have to no. invoke that clause. I thought you had to invoke that clause to, no, move no. to a change of the charter.
2: No, to change the charter just means you're changing the constitution. And changing the constitution is where you have to have a majority of the provinces and the federal government vote to say they want to change the constitution. But does that that has been done does, either.
0: does that not begin with invoking the notwithstanding clause? No, no all the
2: notwithstanding clause is is... As I say, it's a section that says that if you've got a a, a law you want to bring in as a province or a federal government and you know that it's probably going to be contrary to the Constitution or the Charter of Rights, then you say, notwithstanding the Charter, we still want this law to be in place. and it And it lasts for five years. And then if you want that to continue, you have to renew it. another five years and this was essentially a political compromise that was arrived at when they brought the charter in Mm -hmm. because again there was concern that uh, some of the provinces did not want a charter at all so this was a compromise that well you guys can opt out of it if you want to the only thing is that you have to renew your opting out every five years but as far as amending the constitution that's something that again our constitution says what it takes to do that and they're always free to do that and if they amend the constitution then the courts have nothing to say about it the constitution is just amended so so there's been a proposal, for instance, in the States to introduce a constitutional amendment around same-sex marriage. Well, if they pass that constitutional amendment, the courts can't override that. They can't do anything about it. Same thing in Canada. Although, again, we haven't amended our constitution either. The states have lots of amendments mm-hmm. to their constitution. Of course, it's older.
0: So what would be the purpose, then, of, of Martin raising this issue? Why would he want to remove this possibility for the provinces if this is, uh, and, and we we expect, and he and I'm not picking on him, but he has been a champion, as all leaders have, of, of political parties speaking for the people. They are supposed to be the voice of the people. If the people were to say, well, we want to opt out, he wants to take that option away from them?
2: Well, I guess there's there's two things. I'd say there, there's the ostensible reason why he's doing it and the political reason why he's doing it. The ostensible reason is that it's never been used, that realistically it was, again, a political compromise brought in at the time as a safeguard by provinces who were concerned that the Constitution could be used to prevent them from doing some things they wanted to do. And and every so often a province has threatened to do it. I think that um, that Ralph has threatened to do it in Alberta from time to time. But
0: Well, Quebec has uh, threatened to do it too if their language laws right. have been challenged, So again, they haven't
2: been. So again, it was brought in whatever 20-plus years ago saying, look, if you really feel seriously about it, you can override the, the charter uh, if you agree to vote f- to have a charter at the, at the time in the 80s. So the the experience has been that people don't use it. Um, there's a, a tradition almost growing up that makes it hard for provinces to use it because it just hasn't been used. The first one who uses it, it would be a big precedent. So I, I think that the ostensible reason that, that Mr. Martin is doing it is to say, look, we're not using the thing anyway. Why don't we just go the whole hog and say the Charter rules unless we amend it constitutionally? Now, the practical reason he's doing it, I think, is because Mr. Harper has been very effective in this election in not touching hot-button issues, and I think that Mr. Martin wants him to touch a hot-button issue. So I think that Mr. Martin saw this as a way of changing some of the bait, debate over to back to same-sex marriage. doesn't seem
0: to have worked, is it? does it, so far? Uh,
2: so far, I haven't seen much evidence that it has,
0: but I think that was his tactic. Okay. We're going to pause for just a second. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us on Left, Right, and Center today on the News Hour, and we'll be back with more right after this. We're back and having a little fun here today. It's nice to have Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz back in the studio uh, with us uh, on Left, Right, and Center. Um, if Guys, if, 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 if you had the ability to have changed the leaders' debates, uh, what would you have done? And, but before that, think about that for a second, but just before that, a, a sort of a, a, a pre question, a setup question for that. Did Gilles Doucet belong in those leaders' debates? A lot of people across the country have said or have asked the question what was he doing there? Obviously, there are some you know very strong political reasons why he had to be there. But practically, and in, in, in a national sense, did he belong in those debates? Bob, I'll start with you.
1: Um, absolutely. Uh, if, if Ontario decided to vote for uh, a particular party that seemed to only appeal to Ontarians on a federal level, let's say, we'd have a right to vote for that party. Mm-hmm. I think that the problem with the perception of the bloc is the separatist issue that it seems a contradiction to have a uh, someone in the country who wants to leave the country. But if you look deeper at what they're talking about, quite often, it's, it's, they want to get back to that old BNA Act thing, mm-hmm. you know, how Canada was originally done under Confederation, to which the whole notwithstanding clause is a fundamental issue for Quebecers. And um, so, so basically, I, I would say, yeah, he was there. He certainly offered, uh, I thought, a bit of humor to the d- debate, certainly the second one. Uh, the expressions on his face when uh, Martin was in his panic mode were just amazing. And you could tell by both Harper and uh, Duceppe that when when Martin was just making it up on the spot, by on the fly, that it was obvious, you know, that he was just, just going.
0: Jeff, what uh, do you think? Did he belong there? Uh,
2: yes, I think it's, it's a good thing to have him there, partly because it, although he's dedicated to, to separating from Canada, it's, to me... Uh, speaks well for our our system of respect for the law that he's trying to do it within the law. You know that he's chosen to get elected. That uh, he's appearing. It sort of reminds me in a way of Louis Riel. Didn't he get elected <laughs> at the time uh, as a member of parliament? It's a long tradition of that kind of thing. But I think it's also useful for us to be reminded that there is a separatist movement. So it's not bad in that sense. But it, it makes me wonder, though, in a way, whether it's not appropriate to have the Green Party there.
0: Well, that that was going to be my next question, and and specifically about about the Green Party as opposed to some of the other parties who would have would liked to be there. Um, Am I wrong in thinking that the Greens perhaps have a a little different position in politics given that their sort of sister parties in other countries have a great deal of prominence? Obviously, there's a lot of resonance around the world. Uh, in other democracies, for the Green Party, and I, sp- I suppose we could say that about any party. There are parallels to the other smaller parties in Canada. But if I look at the Greens in particular and say, well, you know, they have a very strong presence in Europe. They are building a presence here in Canada. They are growing here in Canada. No question. Why are they not there? And Jeff, I'll come back to you. Uh, you am I taking what you what you suggest? Do you think they should have been there?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. And I recognize that on the one hand, the, the argument is that you want to have the real contenders have as much time as possible and not be kind of Uh, diluted, if you like, or or, um, people not have a good chance to hear from them because you're going to have all kinds of people there. But on the other hand, like I've seen lots of green signs around, and you're right, that they are uh, certainly a a party that has led governments uh, around the world, so it strikes me that there comes a time when you have to recognize that they're a credible party that should be represented. Bob, what do you think
1: about that? Um, I think it's a big mistake to uh, assume that our Green Party is the same as the European Green Party. Mm -hmm. I know Jim Harris. Um, Met him many times years ago. Uh, campaigning, uh, he's a leader of the Green Party, an XPC, mm-hmm. who together with another fellow and all the other political parties, smaller parties in Ontario, once used the Green Party as the front to sue the Elections Commission. Yes. For them, it was just a yeah. tool, um, and basically, they're still playing it that way. However, they're playing by the rules. They got 50, or they got the, the, the almost a full slate of candidates mm-hmm. um, on on the ballot last time. Yeah. I think that they have played by the rules. That the rules say that once you've established certain numbers and this and that, that you should be uh, included in debates. And I would see, I can't see why they wouldn't.
0: I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I thought Steve Pakin did a did a bang up job on Monday night. That's a tough job, and traditionally, those in my from my position as an interviewer or a moderator, traditionally, they're pretty disappointing, the people who moderate those things. The ones I've seen in the last 15 uh, I, I to years. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: I think Steve Pakin's one of the best uh, interviewers in the country. Yeah. I, I know from personal experience, and uh, I know he's interviewed um, Freedom Party leader Paul McKeever mm-hmm. on... on uh Studio 2 yeah. and he asked tough questions, yeah. and I'm glad he did. Yeah, I so thought he I was, wondered, is he going to do the same thing with these guys? And he did. He yeah. he sort of asked a lot of things that were on my mind. He yeah. didn't shy back. He said he was really nervous, by the way, wow. when he, but he, it didn't show. It, did, it certainly didn't
0: oh. show. I thought he was a credit to the profession, and as I said, the best the best job I I've seen in there for for many. In fact, I can't remember anybody. I was I'm surprised. More with. Uh,
1: yeah, a, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, yeah,
2: kind of a new generation. Well, actually, recently I finished reading his book about John Roberts that mm-hmm. uh, came out a couple years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it does have a relevance somehow. I don't know whether it's because it is a uh, younger guy talking, whatever, but the questions he was asking, I was sort of surprised that they didn't seem as formulaic as they usually do.
1: Well, I, I, and I was glad it was, that the second debate, I didn't watch the first debate because I heard they were going to let members of the public call in yeah. <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. that then you just get the gimmies. Yeah, Gimme, 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 yeah. gimme, gimme. What are you going to do for me? What you, I, I, that's not what politics is about for me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, so I wanted to hear something a little more issue-oriented. Okay,
0: now that we've gone all around the block on that, one, to back to mm-hmm. my original question. If you had the ability to change that format, uh, do you think there's a way that you could make it more effective? I mean, obviously, there are some constraints. You've got the guys, you've got a certain amount of time, you've got the people you have to deal with. Could they have done much differently that would have made it any more useful to the voter?
1: The debate format yeah. itself, you mean? Yeah. Um, actually, I thought that one with Pagan was the best one I've seen
2: in memory, I think. <laughs> well, and you, uh, know, and you have to... You have to Uh, divide, on the one hand, the need to be uh, collegial and the need to be respectful and all that kind of stuff. On the other hand, part of the purpose of the debate is to try and find out, get behind the spin, find out what are these guys really about, Mm -hmm. what do they really think. As a lawyer, I would suggest the way we do it in court is through searing cross-examination. Probably you couldn't do that on national television with the prime minister. (laughs) But, you know, I'm always somewhat frustrated by the answers that are given because they're usually not responsive to the question. And you can just see the spin, the spin, and around, and around, and around. So I don't know. In some respects, I really wonder how useful debates end up being. Like to me, Well, that's
1: part of the use, though, is if you see somebody spinning when he shouldn't be spinning, that that looks negative on them as far as I'm concerned.
2: It does. But then again, opinions seem to be divided on whether it's a good thing or not. I know my dad talks about how he, he doesn't like George Bush, and his friends love George Bush. And that they'll watch Condoleezza Rice give a speech, and uh, his friends will say, "Didn't she do a good job? She didn't, you know, she didn't get in any trouble." And my dad will say, "She did a horrible job. She spun every question, didn't give a straight answer to anything." Watching the same thing,
1: well, basically because she didn't say what he wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I think
0: they, the only thing, the only change I would have made, because I thought it worked very well, is I would have hired George Barris to bring his gong. And, and, and when they started Chuck spin- Barris, when, mean, or Chuck yeah. Barris, yeah. Oh, sorry, Mom. George Barris can bring his cars. Chuck Barris <laughs> <laughs> to bring his gong, and uh, when they started to spin too much, have somebody just ding, ding, ding. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to spin out of here just for a moment or two. We're coming right back. It's the Jim Chapman News Hour on 94.9 CHRW.
2: You're listening to the Jim Chapman News Hour, London's favorite source
0: for
1: the news that matters.
0: We're back with uh, Jeff Schlimmer, Bob Metz, and uh, Chuck Barris, not George <laughs> Barris. <laughs> Although George Barris will be in uh, in Detroit in, in uh, two months at the Hot Rod Show, and will be here in London next summer at uh, Steve Plunkett's Big Show. So... I must have had him on the brain. George Barris, of course, is the famous car customizer. Chuck Barris is the former CIA hitman, and uh, so he says, and uh, and host of the Gong Show. Uh, Jeff and Bob with us today. Guys, let's come back uh, a little closer to home. i come back to Ontario here. We have, uh, in this province, you know, things are sort of motoring along, as they often do. We haven't seen... Any sort of major blow ups for a while there 's a certain amount of discontent as there always is for uh, you know a party sort of in midterm and i 'd like to ask each of you and Jeff will acknowledge that that you have been a supporter of the liberal Party in the past yep. and'll uh, we'll we acknowledge that Bob uh, is not a supporter of the the Liberal Party at present, as far as I know. But just it's sort of a general sense, how do you think uh, McGuinty's government is doing here in Ontario? And if you start spinning, Jeff, I'm going to hit the, hit the <laughs> gong. How do you think they're doing?
2: I think they're doing okay. I guess uh, one thing that uh, I realize, it's been a decade or so since we started this show, and as I age, and it seems to be inevitable, I'm becoming a bigger fan of moderation. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. But... Uh, I think that uh, when you get a government in who's too far one way or the other, essentially nobody is well served and it ends up having a boomerang effect uh, with the next government. And I think that the liberal uh, McGuinty government is trying to be moderate. Uh, I know that in my area, for instance, of social assistance and uh, housing law and so on, really very little has changed, frankly, from the Harris years. And partly it's because they have a deficit and uh, can't spend much more money. But also there's uh, a lot of things that uh, that were done by Mike Harris at the time that the Liberals said were horrible, horrible things that they now seem to be okay with um, and uh, we're kind of used to it. So although I would like to see them changing a lot more in that area, I recognize that it's good for the stability of the province that they're doing it slowly.
0: Bob, uh, what's your take on them?
1: I see McGinty exactly the same as John Tory. Both are advocates of what I would call irresponsible government, and they're making a big deal out of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this was addressed, incidentally, by Freedom Party leader Paul McKeever on the Financial Post on Friday, mm-hmm. on, on the page, and he called it gaposis, mm-hmm. where each level of government wants more money from the level of government above it. Right, and they can't operate without that. Well, you cannot have responsible government unless the government that's spending the money is the same government that's raising the revenues. As long as you've got governments passing money back and forth between different levels, you won't have responsible government. You'll have increased spending, more taxes, no matter how hard anybody tries to stop You've it. got tremendous spillage when you do that, don't you? Well, incredible. Yeah. And, and duplication, mm-hmm. and you, you can go on and on and on. And, and then absolutely no control at the local or individual level. So in that sense, you're not happy with it. Not, not very at all. I'd like to see more of a stress on self-reliance on, and, of course, the disaster that's been perpetuated over the Ontario Hydro situation, uh, health care. They're still committed to universal health care, which means no health care. Well, I want to ask you uh, about that,
0: too, because Don Kopman, <laughs> who's been a guest on this program a couple of times, is the fellow in British Columbia who's opening the private clinic, has opened them in British Columbia, an announcement yesterday, today, that one, in fact, is going to open here in London. Uh, if you research Ontario Bill 8 that was passed uh, last year, you will discover that he can't do that. Uh, he, and I've talked to him about this, and he says, well, our lawyers think that we're going to be able to do it. The bill is pretty specific in the things that you can and cannot do. Uh, I think he's trying a bit of an end run. He's, you know, well, you know, we're we're not really doing this. We're doing that. We're not we're not really limiting our practice to the people who are members of our little clinic here. Anybody can come in off the street. However, they won't get treated if we don't have time. The government is going to see through that. Um, Jeff, is this a, is it a good thing for Dalton to maintain this? Horatio at the bridge attitude. He did it when they talked about bringing MRI machines in from the states to meet shortages here. And he's taught, he hasn't specifically addressed this Copeman issue, but we can, we can bet our boots that he will.
2: I think generally it is, and I think that uh, if anything Dalton has come across since he was elected as not being firm enough on things. And I look at the 407, for instance, where he made <coughs> promises that he was going to ride these guys uh, uh, and make sure they didn't raise rates and so on, and he keeps getting beaten up uh, by the courts on these things. Uh, so I think that... Tactically, it's good for him to appear firm, and sometimes it's better to go down swinging than it is to sort of cave in and say, okay, well, whatever. So I think that 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 is an issue that uh, he doesn't have much to lose by hanging tough on.
0: Do you think it is tactical on his part? Do you think he really believes that we're better off without these other options?
2: I don't know. I don't know that much about that, that whole debate. But, uh, again, I know that generally, that, well, Smitherman's a pretty combative guy, I guess, uh, the, the health minister. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, again, he's a
0: worthy, let me put it this way, he's a worthy successor to Tony Clement <laughs> in, in all the wrong ways.
2: <laughs> well, that's another thing that, that strikes me about uh, Bob mentioning John Tory. It's surprising how little difference there is between the two parties right now, and there doesn't seem to be a broad appetite
0: in Ontario to make substantial provincial change. Uh, Bob, when you, you, I mean you, obviously your position is clear from what you just said about uh, about the health care, but do you think J- jeff 's uh, take on it might be right that this is more of a tactical uh, decision on McGinty's part?
1: well it 's all political when your health care system's run by politics don 't expect it to be a rational health care system but but whenever you hear a politician talking about health care they 're not talking about health care like you and I think a doctor in his office, mm-hmm. you go you, you you get a treatment mm. they 're talking about the system, yes, yeah. this, this holier than thou holy grail system. And when they say we're going to lose doctors to the private health care system, that's an oxymoron. You don't lose them. They're right next door in another mm-hmm. building, you know. In fact, you retain them and you're going to attract more. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole debate between public and private is a complete boogeyman. It, it, it shouldn't be there. It's, it's a non-issue. If the purpose of government health care is to help those people who cannot afford health care, we wouldn't have the system we have today. Universal health care is not the answer to that issue. Universal health care is the uh, nuclear weapon that will destroy the ability of even people with money to pay for their health care. That's how ridiculous Well, and that's is. where we are in the that's province of That's where we Ontario. are now.
0: Yes, you're prohibited from looking right. after that, your Right, and that
1: to me is an obscenity, and it's contrary to any any sort of human rights anywhere, that, that, that a government can tell you you can't use your own money to go to a doctor who's willing to accept your money <laughs> in exchange for a service. It's outrageous. I, I I just can't believe I live in a jurisdiction that would even allow that kind of thinking. Well, there are it's two so, others. There are so two others. So self-centered and selfish.
0: You know, there are two other countries where you have that. Uh, well, Korea, North Korea, yeah, and, and Cuba. And Cuba. So yeah, you, and, know, you know, we're, we're not alone in Canada. We're not alone here. You could you could go other places and have the same privilege. <laughs> just to say, I disagree with everything you said, but I don't know if we have time to get into it all. So. Well, we're going to pause for just a second, and <laughs> we'll come back and see what Jeff has to say about <laughs> that. Stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will We're back already. That was quick, wasn't it? Okay, good. All right. I pushed the wrong button the last
2: time. <laughs> Jeffrey, take it away. Oh, just broadly speaking, it's, uh, it reminds me of Winston Churchill's line about uh, democracy being the worst system there is except all the others. That uh, On the one hand, as I talked earlier about the fact that I think that moderation as I get older looks more and more attractive, there's always the states in the background and I look at that and oh, just but think, what? no, wait a minute. what's now, the point? Now, what's now, the benefit of that?
0: Clang, 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 clang. You now you're spinning. The, the idea that... Our, the alternative to us here in Canada, to our health care, is, is the American system. It deserves a clang or Well, time. that's why I said moderation,
2: because I'm aware that there are countries, Germany, I believe, is one, for instance, and I don't know that much about the health care debate, but to the you extent that I my followed it... do
1: opinion moderate? Right off... <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's just help about the saying poor that our and system is horrible it's not about
2: helping everybody. But oh, Jeff, for isn't God's it, isn't sake, isn't no, but, no, but
0: isn't it isn't it immoderate <laughs> to suggest that we we have a system today that plainly is not functioning the way it needs to? We have uh, unconscionable wait time. Go talk to the docs who Damn. are working in the system. Sure. It seems to me that if you want moderation, a mod- more moderate system would be one that protects everybody who's at risk and says to everybody else, "Do what you want." Wouldn't that? Isn't that a moderate way to do it?
2: Well, and again, I believe that's what happens
0: in the United States, isn't it? No, not exactly. Well, and why would you bring that up again? Well, because I believe clang, that's clang. where...
2: That's, uh, isn't that a fairly big example next to us of very smart people saying, here's an alternative way of doing it. We will have terrific, luxurious hospitals, and we will have terrible hospitals, and we will have no hospitals for lots of people. It's a free country. You choose the one well, you no, want. But that's not, that's like not what I schools. just said. That
0: is not at all what I just said. I said a system that protects and helps everybody who needs it, but I would, so that people who cannot afford it get first-class health care. I well, would argue that George Bush that? says that they have that oh, system. Oh, George Bush bore George Bush. Well, Snush. he's a
2: fairly name-brand guy in the world. So, anyway, having said that, I'm recognizing that you're not talking about the United States. No question. That there's a compromise somewhere in there. You know, and, and as a Canadian, well, am just, I interested in compromise? Yes, of course I am. I'm surprised you know, that it. you
0: would look at the exist, at the system today and suggest that that's a moderate system. No, no, I didn't say that. What I sa- said was that I like
2: moderation more as I go, which is why, from my perspective, as Canadians, we should be considering compromise and alternatives.
0: Okay, I want to ask both you guys the question that was asked of the uh, of the provincial leaders. Some time ago, if your wife or the national leaders, if your wife or your you know someone you care deeply about was very seriously ill, and there was an 18-month wait time during which time your significant other was going to suffer because there this was the nature of the illness, would you opt out of the public system?
2: Well, that's a straw man argument again. Well, it's not. That's it's the same as saying, would, would you like to argument? stay in a luxury
0: hotel? No, it's like, it's well, a if very, I have money, I would. It's a very real argument. Okay. Would you do that? And am
2: I on somebody on welfare or am I You're myself? You're yourself. You're you. are yourself you 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 are Jeff Schlemmer. But uh, my problem is that I care about other people than myself in this country. So, you're to, say, to say that I should only look after myself and my family, it's like, well, okay, I'm a lawyer. I'm fairly so, well off. The so private child system or wife is going to serve me better. Else you don't there know. are all kinds of things in our society. Welfare, it doesn't help me because I'm a lawyer. You know, I, I don't need that. But do I think it's a good idea? Yeah, so, I think it's a good idea. So,
0: what do you say to your significant individual in your life now that you've just said you're not going to do anything? You're going to make them wait in the public line? What do you say to that person when he says, Daddy, it hurts? Well, then again, if I'm a person on welfare, the alternative no, is a I'm saying you're, you're,
2: you're getting nothing, you're going to die too bad, have a nice uh, no, 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 rest no, no. of your life. No, no, no. Well, that's str- the fallacy, though. It doesn't make sense argument. to say sure. if you're on somebody the who's in the upper middle class, would they rather uh, be offered into a private system? Of course they would for their own personal interest, but is our life, life only about our own personal interest? Well, that's interest? what I'm I asking would say it's you. Not. I'm
0: asking you. I'm not asking a group of middle class people. I'm well, asking that's why you. I reject the premise. Well, Jeff, but I'm not going to
2: say that what what is best for relatively wealthy, professional white males in society is that what I should always want? That is not what I don't. Want that. That's not I'm what sorry. I asked you. I no, but you you asked, what, asked if
0: that would serve me best. You whether you, no, I asked you whether you thought it was the, the thing to do. No, would you, you said do that? Is the, because I
2: have some money and I have access to these things, would I choose to have my child not be in pain because I could afford to do that? Yes. Would well, you do that? Uh, uh, would you choose that? Would you make that choice? Would I choose it personally yes. on a given day? Of yes. course. On the other hand, would I like the system where only oh, white males not, get no, all I the service? No, kind of I would not like that like. system. I asked you whether that would be good for our society as a whole. That would to anarchy.
1: Absolutely. No No question you know uh, jeff jeff, jeff, i had a million, jeff, million dollars but I like better care, draw, of course. Draw, dog, especially with the states here he says straw it, man straw man sorry you're talking about um whether you have a high class ho- hospital middle class low class well the alternative isn't that everybody gets a high class the alternative is everybody gets the low middle class. class okay that's true. Middle, middle class care. okay and that's where rooms we're at aren't now. as fancy as they so would be it's true you cannot elevate the poor by bringing down the rich you cannot you know, create, get rid of poverty well, by that's making the, that's more the sixty-four thousand people question.
2: I hear lots of rich people telling me if you just trust us and let us have top of the line care, we'll do something for the poor too, and they'll be better off under our system than they are now. But are like, lots of examples in history but, where but that, that has presuppose- turned out not to be true. That you're you're I don't presupposing
0: any- that the rich people are going to make the decisions, I don't want them to make the decisions. I want the government to, and I may part from Bob in this, I want the government to make the decisions, but I want the government to look around the world and say, where's the system that works the very best for all the people? Oh, true. And there are great models there, Sweet Sweden's one, Germany's one, France to a lesser yep, extent is yep. one. Why well, can't we look at those models? And in those models, the people who are at risk get top quality care and the folks who, who don't need the government intervention to look after themselves are free to do so. Well that's great. The problem Isn't is that that moderate? Well, and that's why I started off saying that
2: I am more interested in moderation as age. That's why I say, as Canadians, we should be interested in compromise
0: and looking at best practice. All right, well, I absolutely agree with you, and that's not what's being done in healthcare today. I'm going to I'm going to take the advantage of being the host to end it there. <laughs> Thanks to Jeff Schlammer and Bob Heston and a great pleasure to have you on again. Thanks to everybody for listening. If you enjoyed Left, Right, and Center, drop us a line and let us know. Will you do that? Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 11, good Lord willing, with the next edition of the Jim Chapman News Hour. We appreciate having you with us. And don't forget, you can get us on the archive too. I'll talk to. You later. Go to jimchavin.ca and follow the bouncing ball.
2: I'll talk to you later. Thanks to
0: Kyle Holder for flying the plane so well today and covering my tracks for me. As Jim's saying, please take care of each other, mind how you go, and God bless. Bye-bye.